Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2009's He's Just Not That Into You, directed by Ken Quapis. Quapis? You know what? His name is Ken. (laughs) That's really all we need to know. Yes. um, (laughs) Wait, what? I'm looking... This. What? What? <laughs> I'm just reading his I'm reading his Wikipedia page and I'm just like so surprised that like this is this is the backstory that this guy has. He has directed feature films such as Sesame Street Presents Follow That Bird. Uh yes, please. Follow That Bird which made which scarred me as I cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so follow emotionally that bird. like Wow, this guy is wow! I and the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I dragged, I dragged my brother and one of my mom's boyfriends to see that movie, and they were so angry at me because they did not understand the emotional importance of the Sisterhood of the Traveling. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, oh my God! So this is a guy. uh, This is a guy who's made stuff that I liked. Oh my God! Wait. Oh my, he directed the classic, <laughs> the everlasting, the beautician and the beast. Oh, wow. That is a throwback. What a king. Wow. I don't, I, I have nothing, I have nothing bad. I, to I'm s- rendered speechless, wow. which this man, doesn't bode well for, <laughs> this, for recording. This man. Wow. God, just. I I mean I suppose one could say he has range. Just uh, uh I'm what a gift. Okay, you see so. see now I'm wondering whose fault this is then. Maybe it is the fault of Okay, so a little backstory. He's just not that into you was a phrase that was uttered in an episode of Sex in the City. Um I think someone said it to Miranda, but I can't remember who said it. And that phrase Became a self-help book written by Greg Berent and Liz Tuchilo. And don't you love just I just love how my pronunciation like I hope one day if this podcast ever does become popular, there's just going to be a long, just super cut of me pronouncing things. Oh, my God. I love imagining people coming for us like (laughs) a year or two after an episode. Like, yeah, if our podcast did become like really popular and they're like, you guys said all these names wrong or just just, like retroactively fact checking. Like, actually, they they got together with that person in 2003. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, those people are waiting in the wings oh yeah i i can't wait for them i can't wait to talk to them um so yes he's just not that into you was a 2004 self-help book that was published i'm pretty sure either um what during the end of sex in the city's run or right after it um and it was just one of those things where like it was it was one of those i didn't really understand I didn't really get it at the time. I was just like, wait, somebody said this to Miranda in an episode and then it became a book. And then five years later, it became a movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is talk about 
talk about creating an iconic show. Can you imagine <laughs> creating a show so iconic one line becomes basically a franchise, like a book and a movie? That's incredible. That's yeah. And I, I remember staying power. And when I did hear the line, because the because I used to watch Sex in the City with my mom, I heard the line that it like it was like a it was a big line when I first heard it. I was like, wow, I've never heard. I've never considered because it was just so straightforward. It was yeah. no f- no bullshit, no fluff, no like maybe this, maybe that, no oh he's blah blah blah. It was just nah, he's not into you. Wow, and it just like and it just it it it. I always felt like the phrase like after that just like felt like a relief. Like oh he's just not that into you. Okay, I can just go about my fucking business. Like yeah, what a I'm relief. Free. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to obsess because I can just accept this you know truth. And uh, I personally, I don't know how good the book is. Um, uh, and I don't know, like, it's a self-help book, so I don't think it was narrative. It was adapted into a screenplay by Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein. Abby, Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein are the screenwriters and directors of the upcoming Amy Schumer vehicle, I Feel Pretty. <laughs> Which... Already has backlash, but we don't even. That's a whole nother. That's we'll, a whole nother thing. We'll, we'll probably go see that, and if it's bad, we might cover it. Um, yeah, um, and we might cover Trainwreck on the show. I mean, recently I wrote about Trainwreck for my website, Fishnet Cinema, and I just wrote like a lot of a lot of the issues with it and why it's probably not going to be a classic. And um, if people are interested, we could do an episode on it, and then we could talk more about. You could have like a frank conversation about Amy Schumer further. <laughs> yes, in we that could dive into that pool of discussion. Um, but uh, these writers are responsible for the screenplays for Never Been Kissed. Um, they also are partially responsible for Valentine's Day. They are partially responsible for The Vow with Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum. And they are also partially responsible for How to Be Single with Dana Fox. Um, Which I, I enjoyed that one. I haven't seen that one. It's 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 fun. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, these are people who, I mean, it really depends on your taste. Um, if I were going to guess, I would say that this is probably the worst thing that they've done. Yeah. Because at least Valentine's Day is kind of fun a little bit. And doesn't have 80 characters you're trying to follow. Well, I mean, Valentine's <laughs> Day does have a lot of characters. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the the conceit. The conceit of it. But the thing about he's just not that into you, um, that is really, really bad. And now we're gonna get into the the plot here. Uh it it is miserable. It is like a miserable, not fun. It is one of the most miserable, like at least like if you're watching Valentine's Day, like it's like it's cheesy and like it's like, oh, love, it's the day of love. Like here's celebrity, celebrity, celebrity. And they're all smiling and getting their check. This is a slog. This movie is two hours and nine minutes. Yes. And it's my my roommates watched it with me and we were all like. We knew it was going to be bad. You know, we'd all seen it before. Um, but we were still, we made popcorn. We we're like, this will be fun. And then we were all just, it, it was miserable. Like, it, it was actually just deeply frustrating um, and psychically draining. Um, I mean, per the title, it's, 
Yeah, and it's just like, and I don't know. It's just like what's confusing too is that it was it was made by um by Drew Barrymore's production company. So this is a film that like she like was instrumental in making and financing, and that really confuses me because not only is this a bad movie, but the role that she has in it sucks. Yeah, and she's barely <laughs> she's barely she in much it. Much less than a few of the other leading ladies. So, and I mean, apparent. I mean, she had the power to not, you know, to to appear more. I would presume. So, yeah, of course she did. You know, it's it's weird. That that weirds me out. It's like she believed in the story enough. She's like, I don't even need to be in the front of it, but I do want to be in it. Um, and I don't I don't think it translated. I think. I could look up the box office numbers right now. I feel like it did decent in theaters um, c- because the book was so successful. I definitely remember. I remember this doing pretty well. It was a it movie did. that a lot of people saw. It did. Um, yeah, it said it said one million. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 raked some in, um, but man, it does not hold up. <laughs> no. It's, like it really it's it's really terrible. And like let's let's try to go through the go through the plots here. We have Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston, and we're just gonna call them by the cause this this is a movie wall to wall with famous people. So it just doesn't make any sense to even use these character names. They don't matter. Um Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston have been together for seven years. And they um and Jennifer Aniston is upset because they're not married yet and Ben Affleck doesn't believe in marriage. And that's like the whole thrust of their plot. Their plot is kind of the worst one. <laughs> well, I, no, 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 wait, no. It's it's not, it's the most useless one. <laughs> well, like, because theirs feels like more, in some ways it feels more realistic than a lot of the other ones that are so cartoonish. But it's... They they're not given time to dive in, so it does it feels like a non it feels like a non conflict compared to the other people. Um. Yeah, because like essentially, and do we need to go in order? I mean, do we need to go in order as the film, or could we just like? No, I think we should just jump around because there's so many people. We just have to list who the characters are. And like the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston story is so. Uh, it's just like it's so like it's just Ben Affleck like. Jennifer wants to get married, and then her um sister her sister is um getting married, who I think is played by the Rizzoli and Isles lady. But like, there's just so many people that it's hard to really tell. It is, um, and uh, they um, and so like, it, but then like her dad, Chris Christopherson, uh. <laughs> Christopherson plays her dad in this movie. Um, gets sick, and so she has to like stay with the fa- so she s- wants to stay with the family to take care of him, and she just ends up taking care of everybody else. And all of her sisters are married to like these like stereotypically broy dudes, and so she's just like tending to everyone, and everybody's shitty, and she's like freaking out, and like their like their story really like it's just oh yeah, and during this whole time like it's like. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just start with the main, just the, I don't know. This is so annoying. Okay. (laughs) Bullet points, bullet points. We're going to go with bullet points here. Jennifer Aniston wants to marry Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck doesn't want to get married. 
her plot intersects with other people's plots. She gets upset. She decides that they're going to break up because he won't marry her. He starts living on his boat. She starts living by herself. She misses him. Chris Christopherson, dad, gets sick. She has to deal with everyone else. Then Ben Affleck comes back, and he's just like, comes and takes care of her. And then she's just like, oh, wow, I don't really need a ring you know, you're. I know you love me. Like you're already my partner, and he's like, "Yes, I always have been." And I'm like, "Okay." And then, um, th- and then they just end up getting married anyway. So what was the fucking point? Yeah, that was my feel. <laughs> that was my feel. It's just so like when he comes back, it does feel sweet because like he comes in while she's cleaning the kitchen, and she's basically taking care of her father who had a heart attack, and then everybody else is just mooching and like sitting in the house and waiting for him to die so they can take his stuff. And so she's in this vulnerable place and then Ben Affleck comes back Um, and that would have been fine right there. But then there was this weird bait and switch where he's like, where she's like, I don't need to get married. And he's like, okay. But then he proposes the next day and I'm just like, just pick what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just super irritating. And like, I just skipped around. Like I started with that because I think that that's the one that just like felt the most useless. But, um, this movie very much wants to be the first season of the sex in the city. And it's, and it doesn't work because all of these characters suck. Um, yeah, they're all really thinly written. And, like, you can't be the first season of Sex and the City in a two-hour movie, as we know by the Sex and the City movies that are awful. Yeah. Because um, it it's like we... not work. You need, like, a miniseries. Because we start with just, like, this whole, like, uh, you know, this is how all girls are fucked up. Because when, because when boys are mean to them, their mothers tell them that that boy likes them. And that just ruins them for life. And, and my, my question, my response to that is, does it? Does it? Because it happens when you're a kid because boys don't know how to articulate that they like you yet. And I'm not saying that, like, men are super evolved or anything, but, like, past, like, age, like, 17, do you really, are women really walking around thinking, oh, well, if he's a piece of shit, like, he must like me. Really? Really? Like, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think women are, (laughs) are like, oh, he, like, flicked me, you know, that means he's into me. Um, but I do think that there is a psychology there from that early childhood training and from like all of the like bullshit cultural gaslighting that's like, oh, men are just mean. Because I do feel like I hear, sadly, I've heard a lot of women explain away shitty behavior because they're like, oh, he's just being a dude or like boys will be boys. So I feel like it does play into a, a grown-up attitude that a lot of people have. Yeah, I guess it's just how it's explained that just annoys me. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's <laughs> everything in this movie is both presented. It's trying to be sex in the city, so it's trying to be fun and playful and, like, er, like you know, we're in the city and, like... Um, and then it's also trying to be deep and like we're getting to the core of like why dating is hard for women, for straight women. Uh, and it's it doesn't succeed at that. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. And then we move on to this whole like um, this this like all women in every culture have these conversations about how they like make excuses for men's behavior and i just love how all of these women are like 
so many of these women are having these conversations in this montage, like in work settings. Like that's what you would be talking about at work. Yeah, I'm like. No, normally at work, you're just talking about how much you hate your boss or maybe like one coworker or like, like, or, or you're talking about someone you're really into, but you're, it's not like, oh, you know, women only talk about men. And there's, and there's, of course, like, it, it, like, moves into weird racism territory because it's only white people that are doing this. And then we get to the... Oh, my God. To this a- okay, we get to this African tribe, right? And then they're basically just like, no, but he probably just, like, forgot your hut number or got eaten by a lion. Yeah. It's like, it goes from, like, Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Aniston... And pretty much just a flock of white ladies, like, in... I don't know where they're supposed to be. New York? San Francisco? They're in Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. To, yeah, to women in an African tribe. And I'm like, okay, this is your idea of, like, representing the whole world. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, my God, it had, like, the it had like the Asian women that were, like, shopping. And, like, oh, my God, it was just... it. I guess in that sense, it was really sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had the same, like, kind of... 90s racism even though it was made in 2009 (laughs) and then of course we are introduced to (laughs) rom-com doormat jennifer goodwin yes who like while i was watching it like i like i said like out loud it's just like it's like she was born with this face and because she has this face people keep on casting her as this as this like sad doormat like cute like a like a like a kitty (laughs) like a like a little kitty cat it's just like why you keep making this beautiful woman just into this weird i think it's because she has like cute cheeks and like dimples like i feel like it's just because i don't yeah i think you're totally right i think there's something about her face like she's gorgeous but like they're just like oh well but she's cute so like we're gonna make her pathetic it's weird because she, she is always typecast as like insecure and and there's nothing wrong with like portraying women who are insecure, but it's just the way they do it with her is so frustrating. It's so frustrating because she's going on a date with E from Entourage and it's just like and she's has all these high hopes for E from Entourage. Yes, he has a name. Um, he I'm going to refer to him as E from Entourage forever. Even in the notebook, when he was Ryan Gosling's best friend, he was E from Entourage in the notebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. That's, I'm his, sorry. that's his cross to bear. That's uh, like, yeah. it's just like the idea that she's like so upset that like E like doesn't want to like fuck her and like it's like they go on the date and then he's just like yeah i'll yeah i'll see you sometime and then he immediately calls scarlett johansson yeah and like uh, scarlett johansson in this movie i i I, really like her as an actress but i hated her in this movie they don't give me anything to like they don't and i hate it because they're like trying to make me hate this like slut shamey stereotype and i don't want to hate her but like there's nothing to like i don't really like anyone in this movie she like i kind of empathize with jennifer aniston because her dad gets sick but anyways yeah she sees she sees bradley cooper 
like Bradley Cooper, who is so tan in this movie that he's like basically orange. Like I just was not into it. And oh, his yeah. tips were frosted and I was I was disgusted. Oh yeah, Bradley, by Bradley Cooper. Cooper Bradley in this Cooper movie. was horrible. Um like she she sees him, she wants him, she like she sees that he's married. She doesn't care. She wins a cooler, like a small little cooler, and she completely like oversells it. Like I've never won like, anything oh my gosh, in this my is life. So exciting! And she hugs him <laughs> at, at the grocery store. This is where they like meet, and she's like, "Yes, I want that frosted tips inside me." Um, and like he's married to um, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly, and. Of course, she gets portrayed because we're doing a lot of virgin horror stuff in this movie. Uh, she gets to be like the shrewd wife who's like uptight and and like I think the movie's trying to make her at first seem like she's controlling, but then as it goes on, you're like, no, he's an asshole. No, yeah, no, he's just like, an asshole. He's fully an asshole, and he gaslights her, and that's why she's losing her mind. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just like, but I hate it, how she's played. Uh, like, I, I I hate the way she gets played in this it, movie. It's so like dark-haired girl versus blonde-haired girl again again with this shit again i'm tired you know and i don't want to get into people's bodies but like it's like this person is showing cleavage you know like and this one's not so therefore she is sexier you know and it's just like i want it this is not yeah Um, yeah it's just like really it's it's really bad and she's like and scarlett johansson is a struggling singer who's also a yoga instructor give me a fucking break give me a fucking break with this bullshit so yeah it's just like of course um and yeah and jennifer Connolly works she's a publicist she works with uh drew barrymore um they they write copy. Well, they all they also work with Jennifer Goodwin. No, it's it's, it's isn't it like okay? Gosh, it's so I'm, hard for me to keep track of where. Okay, people okay. Work Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer Connelly work with Jennifer Goodwin, and I think that Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer Connelly are like more senior than Jennifer Good- Goodwin. Um, and then um, Drew Barrymore. She works with works with Wilson Cruz and two other sassy gay men. It was so weird. There was just like it was like full diverse sassy gay men. Like you had sassy Latino gay men, sassy Asian gay men, sassy, sassy white gay men, and they all worked with Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore was friends with Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that the gay men were more diverse than the whole rest of the cast, and they're only on screen for, like, five minutes total. Oh, yeah, and then, like, later in the movie, two more gay men show up, and I'm just like, wow, that brings the gay men. gay men. (laughs) It was just, like, so many of them. I kind of wish the movie was about them. (laughs) I know, same. I was like, this already seems better. Uh, Yeah. Because it's just, like, we've got, like... E from Entourage, also known as Kevin Connolly, um, he lives with he lives with Justin Long, and they're they're Biffles, and between the two of them, they're complete garbage. They they're just they're the worst of the worst. Like I don't hate <laughs> men, but like if all men were like them, I would. And it's just like Kevin Connolly is like. He blew off Jennifer Goodwin, who is actually too good for him because he wants Scarlett Johansson, who even in this movie is still too good for him. Yeah. And like, it's just, 
He's just like he's just a short evil creature. Yeah, that's just a short <laughs> evil creature who just <laughs> who just like is so entitled and so he's, terrible. He's horrible. He feels like uh like an avatar of like sixteen year old boys I know. <laughs> like I feel like that character would still be a douchebag, but he would be crushed a little more by the world because he's not. He doesn't have that much going on. He's yeah. He's like, like a real estate person, and like I don't know. At some point, like it's I, I don't know. I have so many notes here, and I'm just like, do I even? I know it's it's like so much, and it's so it's just like so much is so much happened. Like in and uh, so Jennifer Goodwin meets Justin Long because he, and she basically she goes to the a bar that she knows that Kevin Connolly likes to hang out at to see him and that to like run into him and he's not there. And then like Justin Long's like, what like what's up? Like, do you need me to call him? And she's just like, no. And and then they end up like having this like frank conversation about just like the date and he's just like oh yeah he's never going to call you and then he just becomes like her spirit guide of just like ain't shit dudes where it's just like no he's not going to call you no he doesn't like you no blah 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 and here's and what men are going to do is men are going to want to like if a man wants to ask you out he's going to do it he's going to take the initiative otherwise you know these guys they don't they don't want you so don't waste your time and it's just he just like seems to be like getting off on this with her, and it's in a really it's so gross. No, it's really gross. It's really manipulative. Like he likes playing with her feelings. He wants her to feel shitty. He wants her to feel like it's her fault, and she's just needy and all these things. But he's also obviously trying to stop her from being confident. Like he's doing this double game where he's like, "You're you're too needy and insecure, but like also like wow, you're too confident that people like you," and it's like. I hate him. He's so so disgusting. He's so disgusting. And it really makes me feel sad that like she just like is like calling him all the time because it's just like, don't you have a friend? And it's just like, I guess she doesn't because like whenever she tries to talk to like Jennifer Connelly or Jennifer Aniston, they just kind of make it about themselves. Yeah, they're kind of shitty friends. There's no real good friendships in this movie. Like, weirdly, Ben Affleck and Bradley Cooper, even though Bradley Cooper is a trash bag, Ben Affleck's, like, kind of a good friend to him. Um, can yeah. we can we talk about the only good thing about this movie, which is the weird cutaway monologues? Because I was clapping for every single one. You know the one where the, where the girl is just, like, where, where basically she starts out just being, like, who needs a caller ID? Like technology, like this is bullshit. Like when people call, like I answer the phone and I figure out who it is. Like who needs this? Like why would I like what am I the feds? Like why would I need this? And then she just like breaks down and then she's just <laughs> and then she's just like I'm just saying that if a guy won't call me, I should be able to call him in like so-and-so minute intervals. Oh, yeah, 15-minute intervals. 15-minute intervals until he calls me back. And like, how can I do that if he knows that it's me and then he won't pick up the phone? (laughs) Oh, no, those those were really funny and cute. Like all the like side character interviews where it's just like because the film would have like it's like it would have like a blackout screen and then like when he doesn't call or like different um basically 
section titles like that. And then they would cut away to these. And that part is really fun. Like, that's something that the format succeeds with. Like, that, w- I love the older woman who talks about, you know, everybody cheats. And, oh, like, oh how she caught her husband. Oh, my God. Like, she caught her t- first two husbands. And then her third one, she wasn't able to catch until after he died. But none of them have caught her. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Uh, I loved her. I'm, like, trying to find that exact she quote. Was so, she was. She was, like, the badass bitch. Like, she. Oh not condoning my. cheating. But that, like, was just such a fucking funny <laughs> monologue. She that was. reveal. She was like, oh, my God, when she got to the second husband, she was like, uh, the first one was just, like, so unoriginal, just like a big-breasted, you know, younger girl, whatever. But the second one, there was a little, there was a little fun, there was a little intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> and when she said intrigue, I was like, oh, my like, God. Who are you? <laughs> Can we just have a movie about that woman? Like, honestly, I want, like, an hour, 20 minutes just about her. It's just like her her third husband had like a whole house with like an uh, with like a secret Austrian wife. Yeah, like, she was what? like then I found his Yeah. <laughs> and I just like she was just great. Yeah. I oh felt my. like the writing was so much better for th- these random side characters than the actual characters. Yeah, because like a lot of the characters are just like talking like they're st- it's like they're specifically talking about dating today. Like specifically Drew Barrymore is the fucking worst in it because she's just like, we just oh my God. It's just like you have to go through all these channels just so that you can be rejected by seven different technologies. And it's exhausting. And I'm just sitting there just like, one, this is a terrible monologue too. I can't imagine you being rejected. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was something that, like, Rhea and Lauren and I said watching, we were like, this would really be more relatable if they had, if they didn't just have actresses who are, like, drop-dead gorgeous, you know? <laughs> like, and I'm not saying, like, n- not saying, like, people should get rejected. It's, like, more just, like, yeah, Drew Barrymore, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, there uh, were scenes, like, so much of this movie is me thinking, like, me, like, yelling at the screen to being, like, fuck someone else. Yeah. Fuck someone else. You don't need the this this obsession over, like, one to, like, two people, like, just fuck someone yeah, else meet someone on. else meet yes. someone else it's so bad like i just it's just so it's so like, weird watching these hot people just like obsess over each other like bissy phillips being obsessed with justin long give me a fucking break yeah <laughs> yeah bissy phillips works at his bar like she's like the hostess and she's just crushing on him while he's you know professionally negging jennifer goodwin and it's like what a waste of busy phillips she gets like four lines and i love her yeah it's yeah it's a it's a, it's a waste of busy phillips like and every single time like i see her i'm just like and she wants justin right like why why though and it's not like again like it's not that this never happens i mean i feel like I'm I'm hella judgy of like whoever my friends are into. <laughs> like I'm always like, really? Like so like it's not that like cool ladies don't go for underwhelming dudes. That definitely happens, but it's just this movie's the level of like desperation that everyone's at feels unrealistic. Or just yeah. like how is everyone yeah. Or how does nobody seem to have like 
coping mechanisms in place. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, so just weird. Like, oh, I don't know what to do now. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just like, and everybody just like has all these stories about like other people's like happy relationships like on file in their brains. Like they're just like obsessing, and I'm just like, I can't imagine this level of just like obsessing over other people's happiness. Like, and it just and it goes back to like you know a theme that runs through a lot of the films we cover. Which is just this idea that women are just freaking out and waiting to get married. And, like, I don't, like, I realize I live, like, I'm in, like, that we are both in certain creative communities, like, in, you know, New York. And so that's its own culture. So it, it's not surprising that mm, a lot of my friends aren't of that mind. But even, like, friends that as children were like, I want to get married really bad and I want to have kids didn't have this obsession like it's just such an obsessive <laughs> um yeah and it's so weird it's just like this whole like uh, and it's so and, and what's what really annoys me about this movie is how much time we spend with the men specifically kevin Connolly. because i'm just like what the fuck like he's just like and he's just like everything that he complains about is so fucking stupid it's like uh, I, you know i rub your feet and i washed your hair oh he when yeah, you got he, that shoulder surgery and i deserve you you, oh. de- you owe me sex like he's yeah he he definitely he tries to play the nice guy card but he's not even good at that because he's such an overt asshole and usually guys who play the nice guy card are at least not overt they're like sneaky in their asshole but he's like both at once which makes his character just extra putrid yeah it's like every like i'm trying to think is there one like i is is ben affleck the best guy in this movie is he he is i think so because i mean otherwise it's justin long bradley cooper Kevin Connolly. Oh my God, Ben Affleck is the best guy in this movie. I think I'm that's, so like, mad. Like that sums it up. And like, he's not great. He just like likes Jennifer Aniston. Which, wow, congratulations! Don't we all? Like, and like it's wow, just, how brave. Yeah, it's just like it's so. It this is so. I'm, I'm putting my notes down. Um, I know it's, I it's just, a lot. I just don't care. Uh, because this is just bullshit, and I and I need to get to the thing that really annoys me. Okay, so this movie, the the most infuriating thing about this movie is is Bradley Cooper cheating on cheating on his wife Jennifer Connelly with Scarlett Johansson very brazenly doing it and also just like refusing to admit to her that he is smoking again to the point where like he says oh we have like 8,000 undocumented workers working on our new our new home and like maybe it's one of them and just like putting all of these brown people's like jobs in danger leading to this really uncomfortable scene with Jennifer Connelly and Louis Guzman where she's just like being like going full white lady yeah that scene just like uh, just like is one of your guys smoking you know are they lie to me you lying to me and i'm just like leave these brown men alone let them do their jobs seriously also last i checked it was legal for them to smoke cigarettes outside while they're working so even if they who gives a fuck like did you have a no smoking policy outside like chill it's so it's so crazy because it's like he like basically like weaponizes his whiteness to like make up for the fact that he's a piece of shit like it's so strange that like like he'll be like 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 whatever she asked about smoking he just acts like such a piece of shit it's like you're already cheating on her at least admit that you're this smoking 
fucking think they try to make it seem like she's acting like she's crazy she's not if she doesn't want him to smoke she is his wife and that's she has a right to not want him to smoke and he should tell the truth about that like, yeah this is not and, crazy and it's revealed in the movie that her dad died of lung cancer so it's super sensitive for her but the whole time bradley cooper's just like like very much acting like oh she's nagging me and like you said yeah i was like wow so you're gonna throw somebody who's working on your house under the bus because you're such a fucking asshole like and then of course it makes jennifer Connolly look like an asshole because she looks like she's accusing people of something that they're not doing and louis guzman's just like he's like you even just like he doesn't even get to talk what much. a sweetie in this movie <laughs> yeah, just like, like such a small he's scene. such a good actor yeah that, like, you can tell by his facial expressions he's just like oh this is about something bigger are you okay like we're good like it's so uh. yeah it's so irritating it's like i felt so bad because like i was getting like flashbacks from crash and i was like no stop making me think of sandra bullock and crash this is mean um yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like bad and like he's just like and the thing that really that's the thing that really gets me about bradley cooper like in that scene in the <sighs> okay before i get to the content of one of the worst two scenes in film history i want to say that the scene begins with like Jennifer Connelly knocking on the door when he's making out with Scarlett Johansson and then he oh basically God, complains scene. that like his his secretary like didn't do something right with like the lock on the door or something like he like it's just like he will throw anyone oh, under yeah, the no, bus it's, and it's especially anyone. anyone that he has authority over yeah yeah because they they can't snitch on him it's um, so irritating but okay so yeah let's just talk about this scene he oh god he's making out with scarlett johansson jennifer Connolly shows up jennifer Connolly is worried about the marriage she wants to save it so she wants to come and seduce him. So, Brad Which is, oh, yeah. Bradley Cooper puts Scarlett Johansson in the closet and then he fucks Jennifer Connolly while Scarlett Johansson is in the closet. And please remember, he has frosted tips. <laughs> I just need you guys to remember this as you envision this scene. Um, and 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 it's so it's one of the it worst actually made me ever sad because Jennifer Connelly comes in and she's like obviously sad and she's wearing lingerie and she's like I want to save our marriage and she's all like vulnerable and then he of course has Scarlett Johansson in the closet and he's like oh I don't know I got to get work done and like just being the biggest piece of shit ever and then they still have sex and it's just everything about it makes me made my soul die like my soul died it was it it is so let's talk about let's let, let's pull out from this movie a second and talk about romantic comedies as a genre this is one of the most upsetting things that i've ever seen a rom in a in a romantic comedy ever and i watched this movie like either i either watched it in 2009 when it came out or i watched it in 2010 like like on dvd or something but i watched it pretty soon too when it came out and i remember being scarred by this scene and like yelling and screaming and like being really upset and of course like i was in high school so yeah because i was just like why like in a film that's supposed to be romantic and a comedy would you put a scene 
where not where you would traumatize a woman like this. Yeah. I got to watch a woman be traumatized on screen. Why is this in here? It was so disgusting. It's disgusting. It's irresponsible. I don't understand how this made it to the final cut. I don't understand why anyone involved And it was like yeah, happen. it was like Jennifer Connelly being utterly humiliated to the utmost. Um and like I mean, obviously, ScarJo's in the closet. Like, it's just, uh, and and what's funny too uh, is that Jennifer Connelly never finds out that 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 Scarlett Johansson was in that closet, and she really should have because no, that's yeah, that also made me angry up. that she didn't find that out because like she does end up leaving Bradley Cooper, which is awesome, but like. He still kind of gets like you know what also made me angry in the credits afterwards they have those little cuts to people and they have like a cut to Jennifer Connelly and she's kind of sad but she's like yeah like you know now that I'm alone again I'm gonna figure out like what kind of person I want to be but she doesn't really seem happy and then it cuts to fucking Bradley Cooper and somebody's like do you miss being married and he's like huh have you been married and they're like oh yeah and he's like what's the question. Like, what the fuck him? Why is he here? Like, we don't like him. Like, why? I don't want him to be happy and smug while Jennifer Connelly is sad. Fuck him. Yeah, it was just like, is he that the villain so of this movie? Mad. Like, it was so weird. It was like, yeah, between the like the three of them, it's like, it's the grossest part of this movie, definitely. It's so gross. And I hate how much I hate Scarlett Johansson, too. Oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, her and her, much, and, like, and her cutscene at the end is, oh, I'm going to go to India and, like, yeah. find myself spiritually. I'm fuck off. steal some shit there and then like make money off it when I come back um, yeah it was uh, like that's that's how I felt about that whole like not love triangle it was just like a triangle of misery yeah it's um, it's it's the worst it, it's it's really the worst because like and like and also it's it was it was like it was a it was a square because Kevin Connolly oh my god there's a whole fucking scene Kevin Connolly the like like i like him and bradley cooper are like tr are like fighting to who is the bigger scumbag yeah because like how do you 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 bring your girlfriend into a home and basically trap her into it. it's just like uh, i'm thinking about buying this but i'm only gonna buy it if you're thinking about moving in sometime and like trapped like if that would that's, that's so manipulative. Why would you trap someone like that? Like what? Like, like if you're actually in a healthy relationship where that's a thing that might happen, then you'd be like, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying something. How do you like? Would you want to live with me? Like that's what a normal human being does. They don't bring someone in and say, "I can only do this cool thing in my life if you promise to never leave me." Like ah, it's just so and it's just so weird because really? like it was like five seconds after she was just like okay i guess i'll date this demon i'll, I'll date the short demon sure yeah. whatever and then he's just like oh cool you want to get a house with me calm down and also it's like fuck you kevin connelly you couldn't call jennifer goodwin once but now that scar joe's down you're gonna like buy a house you're such a scumbag such uh, just uh. shit and it's just um and again like, like the whole like pinning of like scar joe is sexier than everyone i don't know that all makes me feel gross yeah um, and i also just like i don't really <sighs> i don't i don't want to like yeah. i don't want to engage in it you know yeah i don't want to be part of it. this position where i either like passively agree with it 
Um, and I'm like, yeah, of course. Or I'm like critiquing. I'm like, no, she's actually not prettier. And that's gross too. I don't know how to like, ev- so I just try to not engage with that. Yeah. And I mean, Ugh. like so much, like, it, like I wouldn't call really the only people in this movie that have a love story are Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck. What Jennifer Goodwin and Justin Long have is, is really just like negging into submission. Like there's, the, the scene where like he the whole the whole sequence where he he's having the party and he needs like somebody to give out snacks and he like us he's just like oh yeah can you get some stuff i'm gonna go do, i'm gonna go do something can you get some stuff and she's like oh like like co-hosting the party and he's just like sure no the response is no could you pass out some stuff you're not co-hosting the party can you slow your roll and like also the fact that she would jump to that conclusion is weird too and then she's completely unrealistic yeah and then she just like becomes everyone's maid and then she starts walking around too like talking about like how like oh yeah i decided we decided to throw a party together but then like it, it was just like they both seemed crazy so i was mad at both of them but then at the end of the scene where it's like she's cleaned up the entire apartment and he's playing video games with like a hot blonde i was just like oh this guy is a is also a demon yeah no exactly because there are (laughs) moments where i'm like okay the way that jennifer goodwin is written is like overbearing but then yeah but he's actually such an asshole you're just like no and it also like okay i like had so many questions about the blonde playing the video games when she leaves she has no jacket she has no purse she's just wearing a tank top going into the world she like she was the ultimate archetype of like the cool girl where like like I I eat pizza but I'm really skinny and I play video games and my hair is perfect but I don't care and like like and she I don't know I was obsessed with like how random she was and how she just like leaves in a flash he's like oh you got to leave she's like okay and she just leaves and she has no coat I know that's not an important detail no but it that me. is an important <laughs> detail she was literally went out with no coat like, like I was like, where I was like, how are you getting home? You don't have pockets. I checked. I like re I like scooted back. I was like, she doesn't have pockets. Where does she have a bus pass? Is she getting home? Like, does she have a phone? Like, anyways, I, I hope she got home safe, despite the fact that she was used as a plot device for an asshole. Um, yeah, oh, it's it's th- this movie. Like, I really I thought this would be one of the ones that is fun to watch for this podcast because sometimes I have like a lot of fun and it, it I was actually really surprised I knew it was going to be bad but I knew when I rewatched it would be bad but I didn't know how much how angry it would make me yeah it it, it made me I was I was it, and I can't even believe that we're like close to an hour because I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface of like everything that happened in this movie but I, I also feel like it doesn't matter I agree yeah it's just like uh it's so much but it's like it's like hell like it just felt like hell and the fact that at the end um drew barrymore ends up with kevin Connolly made me want like if i hadn't have just recently shaved my head i would have torn my hair out yeah yeah i i guess i could have torn my eyebrows i had popcorn so i was stress eating um 
Because it was just unacceptable. Because, like, the only person who I'm just like, okay, they're in good hands and they're going to be okay is Jennifer Aniston. Everybody else, I'm just like, you are in danger. Abort, abort, abort. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it's also interesting to me because, like, all of them have, like, cool jobs and stuff. And oh like, my god, those apartments. The only you know, like thing fuckable in this movie are their apartments. That exposed brick. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah, they all have like gorgeous apartments and I'm like, I'm like, y'all have good lives. I don't know. I feel like being this it's not that you can't have all that stuff and be like desperate about a dude, but, but it just felt like you have so much stability you could like come back easier than someone who's like clinging to a man because they don't have anything else, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, yeah, everybody's so prosperous. And also you notice that like Jennifer Goodwin in this movie is like watching some kind of wonderful, which is a great movie. Yeah. And so much better than this. Totally. And I was just like, can we just watch more some kind of wonderful? I, and that's what I know a movie's really bad when there's a movie within the movie and I'm like, oh God, I just want to watch that instead. I just want to watch some <laughs> kind just, of wonderful. And then like, how dare and when she compared Justin Long to Watts, I wanted to reach into the screen and just be like, do not. Just like grab her neck lightly, but like still firmly. Do not compare uh, him. He yeah, and Justin Long, of course, Justin Long and Jennifer Con- uh, Con- uh, Jennifer Connolly, uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Also, why do we have three Jennifers in this movie? Yeah. We couldn't get one woman who's not of who's not white to like be um, a main character, but we could get three Jennifers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's such a Hollywood rom com issue. Um, I, yeah, I I am wow. I'm so worn out. Me too. This wore me out. I didn't expect it. And I also it. feel like I'm gonna throw up. And I and I'd oh like no. to. I'd like to from this movie. Yeah, from about I want. I want to blame specifically this movie for that. So, um, <sighs> what I'm going to say is, um, instead of watching this, I would say go back and watch Sex in the City. Really, any episodes of Sex in the City. I mean, it really goes off the rails near the end. But really. Anything that happened on Sex in the City is better than this. And also go back and watch the episode where where those where those lines are that line is uttered. I mean that was yeah. that was a moment watch in television episode. history. Exactly. Watch watch that and then if you like that, you know, watch the next one. After yeah. that cuz like you said any of those would be better and and really this movie was trying to do what mini series and television shows do but it couldn't do that in 2 hours and it was a total mess. And if you do watch this I would say just watch the monologues like yeah. just the cutaway monologues cuz those are great. Just skip around, you know. Get some screenshots, make some memes, have fun. I also think that like uh Jennifer um Jennifer Aniston and all of her sisters would have been a better movie also. <laughs> like Oh yeah, for I sure. I was very I was very fascinated by those white women. I was just like, because they're not even in that many scenes, but like they're the only people who talk to each other like human beings in the entire her movie. Her family, yeah. I think a story that was about her and her family, and then you know, it could have Ben Affleck but flesh that out a little more. Would have been really good. Um, but, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and her and her sisters and her, like, seeing her sister's relationships and making her own decisions. That could be, like, an actually, you know, intelligent movie. But and a movie that, like, is not, is not, it's not a really super good movie, but it's good enough to where we're probably not going to do it on the show anytime soon is The Breakup. 
I'd say just watch the watch the breakup. Yeah. If you want to see some prime Jennifer Aniston dealing with an ain't shit dude, an ain't an ain't shit dude that she actually dated Vince Vaughn. Um, oh man, it's weird that I'm I'm weird that I'm re- I'm recommending the breakup because it's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie, and there are things about it that I think are a little bit more honest. Yeah. Than this. Yeah, this movie doesn't. This movie tries to be honest so hard it it is not honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you could really watch anything. Like my recommendation is anything but this. And I mean, it's not even on Netflix. It's not even on any. I had to rent it from YouTube, so please don't do that, guys. Yeah, it's please not don't. Worth it. Please don't put your money. Please don't put your money um, into this. Okay. Love yourself. Love um, yourself. We love you. We love you. Uh, we would love if you would like rate us on iTunes. Maybe leave us like a cute review or something. Um, you could even correct our correct us. Whatever f- makes you feel good correct about yourself. All of my pronunciation. Yeah, come for me. Names. You know, Please whatever. Do it. Just, just get it out. Get those feelings out. Um, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Goodbye. Bye. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs>